The first reading is from Revelation, the seventh chapter. After this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and have made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle lesson comes from 1 John, the third chapter. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. This is the word of the Lord. Be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, His disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely, on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. 
grace, mercy, and peace be unto you this day from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today, as we heard the Beatitudes from Matthew's Gospel, as we heard that term blessed or blessed multiple times, repeatedly, it's probably good for us to maybe understand what does that word really mean? The word comes from the Greek word makarios, uh, blessed, and it's used repeatedly even in the Hebrew scriptures that were translated into Greek, uh, the Septuagint, and which described the state of one who takes refuge in God, that you are blessed if you're under the safety arm of God. You are also one who waits for the Lord. That is something also that is a state of blessing, that you are waiting for the Lord to act. And another place, in Psalm 32, the word blessed takes on the word when whose sin is forgiven. Blessed is your state. So if we had to think about that word blessed, it's always used for humankind when God has acted upon us. It's never spoken of God. Because God is holy, perfect, everything's good there. But God bestows his blessings, his gifts upon people. Now early on in my ministry, there was a dear lady in our congregation who attended you know, just about every Bible class that that church offered. She was always full of optimism and was eager to learn. The only thing was, though, is that her questions often betrayed the fact that she, well, she listened to her fair share of religious programs, both on the radio and on TV, and, you know, her thinking sometimes was influenced by, shall we say, some less than biblical ideas. And so it was on one occasion that this dear woman asked a seemingly innocent question. She said, Pastor, how do we know if our faith is growing? It's a good question, isn't it? How do we know that our faith is growing? And, you know, I was thinking, okay, what has she heard this week? <laughs> What's prompting this question? Because, you know, there's always a question beyond the question, right? And so... You know, I knew that she expected me to talk about good works as an evidence of faith. But she even knew in some corner of her mind that that probably really wasn't the best way to explain a growth in faith. After all, it's a very short step from taking stock of your works to putting trust in your own works. So, in other words, faith becomes its own object rather than a gift from God. So how could I help this dear saint with her very sincere question? And so I suggested, let's talk about this from a different perspective. Instead of talking about your faith, let's talk about your status before God. And so would you say that with each passing day that you are becoming 
aware of a deeper understanding of your own sinfulness and maybe even an appreciation for the subtlety that the devil uses to tempt you? And she thought about that for a second and said, you know, that's true. The older I've gotten, the more I've studied, the more aware I am of my sinfulness, of my errors, of the times that I've done wrong without even thinking. And she goes, yeah, and the devil keeps finding new ways to get at me. And I said, well, you know, does that also not help you to know that you need a savior that much more every day? And again, that was a very sincere nod of her face that day. And it said, you know, so if you know of your sins, and I'm much more aware of them with each passing day, and you grow in awareness of your need for a savior, well then I would say that your faith is doing just fine. Your faith is indeed growing. It is growing because you know your place and you know that without God's help that you would never get to heaven. And so I seem to remember her being very glad for that answer and going away. But you know, it was one of those things too that kept me awake the next night thinking, is there another way I could have maybe answered that? You know, because I was trying so hard to not put the wrong focus on faith, but rather on God's work for us. And then comes our text for today, where you get all these blessed bees. And as you look at that, you find out that there are certain blessings there that are instantaneous and now, and then there are some of those blessings that are shall be's or will be, which is a future tense, okay? So if we were to look at the Beatitudes then, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Notice that verb is, current present tense. It is ours. And so we are blessed by God's action to make us a part of his heaven. Wow, that's all gift in that word blessing there. And you know, that whole idea of a person's growth in spirit or in faith it's the poor in spirit Jesus talks about. In fact, those who realize they have no standing, no reason for God to call them good, that they realize that their sins are as dark as the darkness of the world, but yet, because they are poor in spirit, God lifts them up because they realize that their faith, their trust isn't the most important thing, but rather what God did to give that faith power 
to give strength to us, that it's God's calling on our lives. You know, that made me think a lot more, didn't it? As we study God's word and see how he delivers his gifts, especially that of forgiveness and salvation, you know, that those are things that he gives us in the here and now. And then there are gifts that he gives that are, are in the now and the not yet status. Okay. After all, you know, blessed are those who are merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Notice, blessed are the merciful. Good, good, good. Happy are the merciful but they will not receive mercy until a later date, okay? They are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Not now, but later. And then we even go back to some of the others. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Again, there's still mourning going on in this world. There's still grief. There is still sadness. That's in the now. But the not yet means that there will be comfort. Those who have trusted and had faith, those whom God has worked the miracle of salvation in, will be with him and us in eternity. You see, the not yet. We're not there yet. But God will indeed get us there. After all, it's not the amount of gas that I have in my gas tank that gets me the miles to heaven. But it's the pure blood of Jesus shed for me that gets me there. It is God's action on the cross for us. And so the honest truth is that for you and I, that God would have every one of his saints, those who have been purified by the blood of his son, admit that we are poor, that we are miserable sinners, incapable of freeing ourselves from our own sins. And yet... What's the wonder of wonders that Jesus can't wait to get out and uses that important word is for? Because the kingdom of heaven is yours. Because you realize you need a savior. You need one who knows you by name, calls you by name, who lifts you up and carries you home. We have such a God. That's the reality we hang on to. That dear life that we hold so fast to as we understand the forgiveness that God gives to us. A declaration of heavenly absolution as if the Lord Jesus were dealing with you himself. You see, these now and not yet tension things They will be resolved at some point. But right now, we do get to see that the kingdom of heaven is ours. 
It's a gift right now in our lives. It's a gift that is ours from God's own hand. And you and I, we experience still the not yet of our fullness of life in Christ, but we know that heaven is ours. That's why the Apostle Paul could say, you know, my life is here in this world, but heaven is my home. I'm a citizen of heaven. You see, you and I, you know, when we get to heaven's door, there's not a passport necessary for admittance, but rather the blood of the Lamb. So you and I, we trust in that shed blood of Jesus, his perfect work for us. And you know, God is still reigning in us even now. Not precipitation from the sky, reigning as ruling in us and through us right now, bringing us life and salvation, the gift of all gifts. And we see in part now, by faith, the lowly in inheriting the earth, the hungering and thirsting for righteousness being satisfied, the merciful being shown mercy, the pure in heart seeing God, the peacemakers being called sons of God, you know, those are truths that we can't deny, that await those who trust in the Lord's glorious coming one day. So for us today, this All Saints Day, the Beatitudes perfectly describe all the followers of Jesus. You see, God has come among us. And even though he's among us, we will still mourn our loved ones who go ahead of us. We will still be sad, even in our gladness that they were followers of Jesus. Because we're not there yet with them. But we will be. We shall be. And that's what gives us help, is that good news that good news of God's victory in Christ, that death was overcome by Jesus. And where? At the empty tomb, right? I mean, death was, I mean, I, I just picture that boulder over the door just being shattered, okay? I know, it was just rolled to the side. But still, the picture in my mind is how death has been defeated and put into pieces. It no longer is an eternal darkness, but it's now a doorway into God's presence. So our good news today, as we remember our loved ones, is that, yes, they were sinners just like us, but they trusted in a Savior who was greater than us and they were given a gift that is beyond precious 
not because they were worthy, but because God called them worthy. So may you and I rejoice and be glad for the kingdom of God is ours. No matter if people revile us or persecute us, no matter if someone puts their foot on our back and stomps us down, it's okay. Rejoice and be glad. For you are one of the saints of God. And God is bringing you home. Isn't that a great thing? That God is promised to bring us home with himself. I just think of that his shoulders must be pretty big to carry all the sheep on them as he brings us home. But what a picture of love and his interceding for his people. And so that dear woman in that first congregation, she's gone on, gone on to be with the Lord. And her question, I still see answered in Jesus. You know, how do you know that your faith is growing? When you see your sin and need a savior. that means that your faith is growing and is still alive and you trust in that Savior who has done it all for us. And that gives us a place to rejoice, does it not? Gives us something to be glad about. And the kingdom of heaven is ours. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, guide our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.